Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know what's really important to me when I do business with a company is trust and transparency. I've been telling you now for a good while about my buddy Damon Burton and his company, SEO National, because trust and transparency are just as important to them. You know, for the last 15 years in the search engine optimization space, they have been leading the way and serving people tremendously well. Now, for those of you that don't know what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization. It helps you show up higher on Google searches so that folks that are looking for what you have find you quicker. And you know what's really encouraging? More revenue, more sales, growing your business. Do me a favor, get in touch with Damon and his team today at SEO National at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get your free quote and tell them you heard it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I hope you're ready because here comes a dynamite conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. It is an honor. And, and I was talking to this man before we started recording lots of things in common. He lives in one of my favorite cities in America, Louisville, Kentucky. And yes, that is the proper pronunciation. It's Louisville. If you pronounce it Louisville or Louisville, you're pronouncing it wrong. It's Louisville. You got to pronounce it correctly, but he is an author and a retired pastor, and you can go and find his his materials. He'll tell you at the end of the podcast where you can find his content, how you can connect with him. But you can find him right here, right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Robin Jennings joins me. Robin, how are you today? Brian, I'm great. You've got me fired up, and I feel like I'm at home talking to you. Well, let's, let's start here. You, you and I were talking before we, we began recording about, and, and you really, you, you really had, had really gotten dialed in there. And I appreciate that because I've started every podcast the last couple of years with take me through the last two years. We, we seem to be fingers crossed on the downslope of of this COVID-19 thing as we, as we record this podcast. And, you know, again, we're, we're seeing a lot of things where I am today recording in, in the Long Island area of New York. Um, there, there's very, very few people wearing masks, things like that. But take me through the last couple of years, what you've seen in your area, Robin, because there were a few times in the last couple of years that Louisville, Kentucky was the epicenter of the United States. All the attention, the eyes of the media were drawn to it. Take me through your perspective of what you've seen and what's one lesson that you will take from the last couple of years that you'll carry forward with you after this is all said and done? Well, that's loaded in a way, Brian, and and we did talk about it uh, just at the beginning of our uh, connecting one with another and sort of trying to bring back good old times in Louisville, but we have gone through a difficult time um, racially, uh, has been stressful with Brianna Taylor 
and um, the shooting that took place. And also um, a good friend of mine and a person I am in touch with all the time is a chaplain of the police. And we have talked uh, at length about the pressures that the police are under as a mm-hmm. result of what took place in Louisville. And so you've got that, you've got the politics, you've got the media, everything gets stirred up in a way that um, has been hard, very, very difficult to move forward. And I think we're at a place and a point now, thank God that COVID, like you say, is is backing off, mm-hmm. that we can all literally take a deep breath without worried about yeah, and, and you know, Robin, it's funny that you mentioned that about breath, and forgive me for jumping in there. Baptist Church in Louisville. And as a result of that, we were able to um, help with their youth ministry, their youth program and all. And I've talked with him, and one of the interesting responses he gave was that it's difficult for him as a Christian leader to enter into this uh racial strife that's taking place because it's it's gone beyond religion uh, well yeah let me let me jump in there real quick okay. because I, I i it's it's amazing to me that it took events like that horrific events yes to to because i grew up in a racially diverse neighborhood there about 40 to 50 percent of the kids that i grew up with were African-American. The little town that I grew up in was was founded by slaves who swam across the Ohio River from then Virginia to come into the state of Ohio. I grew up in Southern sure. Ohio. And so to me, I, I, I never saw it because we were just so interconnected one with another. Um, kids from, from all different backgrounds. And, and we... We didn't live in a in a wealthy neighborhood. There were there were kids, myself included, at times, where my parents were were barely scraping the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. We we had it, it, it kind of a similar situation to to what the land of Egypt faced in in Genesis when Joseph came there, sure. when the Lord said in the, in the dream the Lord told him there's going to be seven years of famine. Or there's going to be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. And my family kind of has lived through that. So I, I didn't, to me, I never saw that as a, as a former pastor, you pastored all different types of people. What was going through your mind? You're, you're pulling all these data points from the chaplain you knew people that you knew in the community, people that you probably served with or pastored at one time. What was it like taking in all these different data points around that time? And how were you dealing with it emotionally? Because a lot of times, forgive me for the long-winded question. No. My father was a pastor before he passed away. And a lot of times what people don't understand is the pastor takes in so much from people that come to him and say, pray for me for this, pray for me for that, pray for me for something else that you have to, you take in so much information as a pastor about people in their lives. How are you processing all of that? Knowing in the background that you had and in the training that you had, how are you processing it personally? 
again, that's a, a loaded question, Ryan. And, <laughs> well, I'm and trying to bring, I'm trying to well, ask good questions. But there's a lot that goes yeah. into it because yeah. it is home. It's your home, home sweet home. And right. um, and as a result, you just saw it blown up right before your eyes. And and that was difficult, like you're saying, watching it on CNN or Fox News or anywhere else. I mean, there there it is in Louisville live. And what I think was the, in terms of the process of it was yes it was emotional of course it was physical because then what resulted was crime and violence and shootings and theft and carjacking and you know all, all the other kinds of things you see in other cities and you're thinking wait a minute you know this is Louisville um we don't do that do we and yes there it's going on and so with that said comes the spiritual component that was I don't want to call it a component but the spiritual life where, again, um, in talking with uh, my friend uh, who was the pastor at Kibble Baptist Church, we talked about um, back in his days was Martin Luther King. And there was the Christian leadership, the gospel that was leading so much of this emphasis on community. Um, I'm not going to say the loss of black men, but the, the men who were, were participating as church had gotten older like other churches. And as a result, this young generation, um, I'm not going to say is lost, but uh, the leadership, the spiritual component leadership was was lacking in so many respects. Hmm. White, black, Chinese, Af Afghanistan, you name wherever they were from. You know, we found them in Louisville and we're saying, come on, let's see if we can't work together. Muslim, Islam, Buddhist, you know. So with that said, I'm, I'm you're getting me excited and talking about a whole different discussion in many respects, but I think that the emphasis on developing again, uh, some kind of a spiritual witness. And certainly this is where, uh, this book that I've recently released on a letter to the church and the next generation brings us maybe full circle to the response to your question. I don't have the answer in the book necessarily. I mm -hmm. wish I could say on page 132 is an answer to your question, Brian, sure, but yeah. it's, it's far greater than that, except I will say, and I used a lot of Barna research, if you're familiar with Barna, mm -hmm. their research, and, and you, you've probably seen this where there's 87% who are non, or 75% who are nuns that is none of the above. It's not a religious order. <laughs> yeah. It's none of the above. They circle, especially when it comes to Christianity or uh, Judaism or, you know. Well, Robin, here, here is a, you, you brought up something very interesting. Okay. Is that we have a society that has a fear. It's not FOMO. It's, it's F-O-C-O. They have a fear of commitment. Yeah. You know, we, we, we can the 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 term cancel at any time has a broad definition today you know if you yes. don't like your cell phone provider guess what you can you can move to something else if you don't like your internet provider if you don't like this you you can cancel at any time without any any difficulty and it feels like this generation and and I say this generation because I I am I am not a baby boomer. I'm, I'm right outside the scope there, but I'm, I'm in that next generation. I'll be 50 in August. And so a lot of things that I see are counterintuitive to the way that I was raised where commitment 
was something to be honored, something to be cherished, something to be valued. And it doesn't seem like we have that same level of commitment today because it's so easy to just walk away. And, and, and to your point about the Barner research, I think that is, has, has gone into the church to where it's really damaged denominal churches as a whole because there really is no, well, I can stay at home and watch the service yeah. on internet. Yeah. As long as I, you know, I can send in an offering online. I don't have to commit to a church body, to, to a body of believers and have fellowship one with another. How does that, how do we overcome that, that commitment piece to where we rally around? And, and I know you don't have the answer. It's just when you said that about the Barner research and, and it was like, well, 70 some percent of the people ascribe to nothing. Yeah. That is a direct reflection of the, of the commitment. Piece That's where I'm going. Yeah. That we, that we're like, yeah, go there, go there for just a minute. Well, <laughs> Brian, <laughs> this is all big. I mean, a big topic. I mean, that you're tapping into and I, and I'm with you commitment. I would also tie into trust. And uh, so the trust has been broken uh, for whatever reason uh, you name it. And you see it everywhere and anywhere. Uh, marriages, families, uh, schools, on and on it goes. But also, I think um, with that, I hear I, we're the preacher, you know, we're coming into Palm Sunday. Again, it's a, a story of the trust being broken. And you look at Peter <laughs> in denial, look at Judas, you know. So, I mean, some of this is is human nature. But at the same time, as I'm listening to your question, and it's, it is, as I say, loaded, what to me is a great concern and a cry for help. And again, I think one of the reasons behind the book is when we say this large number is uh, none of the above, that means there is no power greater than themselves. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. The new year is upon us and you may be sitting there thinking, hey, I would really love to pay off some debt or I would like to save for that dream vacation. Maybe you want to buy a new car, whatever it is you want to do financially in the coming year. Let me give you a great piece of intentional encouragement and something to think about that might help you do it. Products for profit. Now this is a course taught by my good friend, Joe Hart, who's been a guest on the Intentional Encourager podcast and has told his story how reselling changed his life. And you know what, folks, it could do the same thing for you too. It's really simple. Reselling is basically buying a product and then reselling it online for more money. And Joe is going to take you through the steps and show you how to do this either part-time or maybe as some of his students have done, take this full-time as well. Go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP. And oh, by the way, this group is going to help you find leads of products that are profitable right now, give you all kinds of great intentional encouragement. And you're going to be surrounded by a community of people that are going to want to see you be successful in the reselling game. Again, go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP and tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Robin, I, I, you know, that is, that is so amazing. I love the correlation that you drew to the resurrection in the, in, in that moment, because 
the the part that struck me when you were talking there just a minute ago, we were talking about commitment. In in and and not to get folks, those of you that aren't overly religious, you may say, well, why are you talking about this? Because here's the correlation that I want to draw. In in Matthew 16. Jesus and Peter are talking, the Lord and, and his right-hand disciple, the apostle Peter. And, and, you know, the Lord is asking Peter, you know, who, who do men say that I am? Right. And, and Peter famously says, you're, you're the Christ. And, and Jesus says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, Peter. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. I'm, I'm really honing it down. At that point, Peter was never more committed in his life than he was at that moment. And then you fast forward 11 chapters, yeah. 10, 11 chapters, and Peter's going, I don't even know who this guy is. The commitment waned that quickly right. in, Peter, in, in Peter's life. And we don't know the stretch of time. The Bible doesn't give us the perspective of, was it a month from, you know, was that a month sure. before or two months or five months? What We, we don't know the, the stretch of time. But I think it was so interesting, the correlation that you made there. How do we rediscover commitment? And how do we reemphasize commitment in our society? Because, Robin, it feels like we're on a roller coaster that continues to careen this way greens downward yeah away from commitment how do we how do we reemphasize and revalue commitment like we used to I, a couple of thoughts come to mind and it's i, I don't want to say a knee jerk reaction but it in response to the emotional kind of appeal that you're touching on um, is again i would say the spiritual and that from that standpoint the commitment to God and to that, or what they would call a higher power. Let's get started somewhere that there's more going on than meets the eye. Let's put it that way. And one aspect of this, and I don't know if you're going to edit me out on here at this point, Brian. <laughs> no, not, but, no, absolutely but, not. Get, say okay. what you want to say. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say is um, when you get that large a percentage that say none of the above, like we were talking about, Bring in Russia and communism. They're none of the above, yeah. you know? And that's the scary thing is when there's a vacuum at place, then look out, you know, who's going to lead and who's right. going to be in charge. Not to bring into the political sphere, but how can you leave Ukraine out of this conversation? You sure. Know? And you see what those people are up against and you want to talk commitment. There it is. And I'm not saying I'm looking forward to, you know, taking up arms and all this kind of stuff here. But at the same time, you do draw lines and you do say, no, this is important. And this is what I trust. This is what I believe in. This is what I value. And um, these this, these kinds of discussions here again, uh, Brian is, and I, I'm sorry to keep referring to this new book that I've released, but no, it ahead. includes the importance of a mentor in a mentor relationship. One thing a 50 year old has, Brian, <laughs> as well as an old guy like me is call it wisdom. Yeah. We do have a perspective. 
And this is what so many of these young people really do. Some wisdom at some level, depending on their, their need. Well, that's exactly right. And here's the thing. The, the old expression is you don't know what you don't know. And you know, you, you, you don't know what you don't know. And, and I think that is so beautiful what you were talking about there a moment ago. And again, not to be political, but it's, you know, it, it feels like that a lot of people say, well, we need to do things differently. So let's do this not looking at what other people have faced because you were talking a few moments ago about civil rights and things like that. And, you know, understanding that if, if you don't know how to encourage yourself, right? If you don't know how to get a mentor, if you don't know how to have commitment, it's going to be hard to pull the trigger on those things. And I love what you said there. And, and again, you're right not to get political, but it's, it's almost like, well, um, this is a mess. So let's just, it, it would be like taking your house and going, well, we, we've got a, a little bit of a messy house, but let's just take a bomb and blow it up. No one in their right mind would ever do that. And so I, I do want to step to your book just for a couple of minutes. Take me okay, through. But if I can just. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what I was going to add is when I, when I say not political, I'm, I, I also want to emphasize it's beyond political. It, it's not necessarily just a political solution. You know, politicians, for instance, with Russia and Ukraine, let's find the off ramp. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's you've got now 11, what, 11 million refugees. You're going to find an off ramp. Uh, so there I get excited and I'll start talking about that. But but in reality, I'm also trying to think about where God comes into this and where God comes into this, uh, Brian, and now I'm getting religious and I'm a preacher. So it's <laughs> <laughs> cut me a little slack, but especially when you talk encouragement, to me, grace, 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 grace is what brings encouragement. Yeah. And and we can all talk about grace and, and what it it's it's different meanings and shades of meaning, but I think it really does give life to encouragement. Well, that's exactly right. And 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 not you know, Robin, I'm glad you brought that up because here's the thing that I think about is that we could we could bombard our senses all day, every day, with all the different things in the world that are wrong with everything that's wrong. Um, this is wrong. Gas is high. You've got this situation. If you had sensory overload with all the things that are wrong, we'd never get out of bed in the mornings. We would just pull the covers over us, you know, deadbolt every door and, and things like that and, and, and go hoard food and never, never leave the comfort of our home. But you're right. Grace allows us that opportunity to say, yes, things are flawed. Yes, things are not perfect. Yeah, yeah. But we know who's ultimately in control. And it's the Lord and and the Lord who never makes a mistake, the Lord who never, you know, has everything in perfect order. When you wrote your book, I, I, I the, the the standard question here would be, take me through your inspiration. Here's the question I want to ask you. 
Did you have a V8 moment when you wrote your book <laughs> where you said, I started, because I when, when I wrote my book, People Buy From People, and I've said this before many times on, on the podcast, I got about halfway through writing it and I had that V8 moment. I'm like, well, that's not what this book's about. It's about the lessons that my, my father taught me sure. about connection. Did you have that V8 moment where you go, this, this is, this is, it, it surprised you that the turn that it took in a good way or, or something that just popped out to you like, ah, oh, that's it. You know, I never thought of that before. Sure. I, I, I did. And what that was, was in large part going back to the beginning of when I started the ministry in the ministry was now so many years ago, uh, at a large Gothic Episcopal Cathedral in downtown Memphis, which, by the way, if you want to talk racial strife, this was put back just following Martin Luther King's assassination. So that, too, the word then was reconciliation. That's all we talked about was reconciliation. But I bring this up because um, there at the, the, at the steps of the altar inside the chancel area uh, in marble were the words, Alleluia, Hosanna. And I finally asked, what does that mean? It means praise the Lord. And it was the last words that were said by Mother Constance, who was a nun, an Episcopal nun, if you're still with me, Brian, in 1870. Yeah. Who yeah. was taking care with her, her, uh, gr her, her, her group of nuns, they were going out into the neighborhood and caring for the sick during the yellow fever epidemic. Mm. That was my aha moment. I thought if they can do that, where are we <laughs> in, you know, our generation taking care of those in the, you know, with COVID. So mm -hmm. COVID and yellow fever came together. Then James doing the word. To me, it all, it all began to make those aha connections isn't I, robin isn't it amazing that something that you 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 walked by probably every day yeah yeah over 40 years ago yes. yes that somehow got into the recesses of your mind and then and then so many decades later you're writing your book and that just flashes forward to the front part of your brain and you're like, oh, wow, I'd forgot because yes, I, I think what happens is a lot of times is that we, we store things in our minds that we say, okay, well, um, I didn't realize that I had retained that. I didn't realize I had kept that. And, and to me, I I'm trying to picture, put myself in that moment where you're sitting there writing your book and you go, I walked by yeah. that. I walked by that every day. Yeah. And, and those words were uttered in 1870 and it's now <laughs> 2022, 152 years ago. And we're fighting the epidemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it just goes to prove what, what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, that uh, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. There really is nothing new under the sun. When, when, Someone picks up your book. I, I don't, the, 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 the natural question here would be, well, what's a, a takeaway that they're going to get from it? I, I don't want to go there. When someone gets your book, 
what do you want to leave them when they start with page one and they finish? What do you want to leave with them? And what will be the lasting thing from your book that survives you long after you're gone? Ooh, <laughs> Brian, <laughs> I, I laugh only because <laughs> that hit me in the heart, but, um, uh, or the gut, but I would say uh, the subtitle to this is uh, spiritual growth through the witness of James. And for so many of us were kind of buttoned up and closed mouth. And you remember the days where you, you could talk about anything except for politics and sex and religion. Yeah. <laughs> anything absolutely. else? Well, well, now we talk about sex. We talk about politics. We talk about, but religion is not necessarily part of the conversation. So back to bearing witness. Um, why is your faith important to you? You just talk about getting out of bed in the morning. I think that's a good start to be able, well, what do you mean you can't get out of bed in the morning without your faith? Well, let me tell you, <laughs> because faith helps me go to sleep. <laughs> right. You know, now I lay me down to sleep, you know, but in all seriousness, I think there is this sense of bearing witness to this next generation that they have not gotten probably from us. And I'm not saying to necessarily bang them over the head with, you know, uh, repent or with believe, even though we probably want to, but, but at the same time, it's a sense of um, invitation uh, a, a welcome, um, a desire to walk with you. You know, those kinds of things are in the book that, that bring out um, a desire to, uh, again, to be attentive to God who's at work. I, I often say before you can do the work of God, God needs to do some work in you. Yeah. And, and I, it's a little jingo and it works in preaching. And that's what I, <laughs> I say a lot, but I really do mean it particularly, you know, as we talk about this next generation, where, where you, you tell me where God is at work in you, you know, and they can talk about the North star. They can talk about being inclusive or, you know, what's wrong with the church and we're hypocritical, you know, it goes on and on and all these kinds of things. But after you set all that aside, or if not set it aside, kind of, begin to talk through it. Let's talk about God. Yeah. And where God is in your life. You know, Robin, I, it's, it's so funny. You mentioned that. I love where you're taking this conversation because okay. I thought up until age 40, I thought I knew a lot about God. I'd been a Sunday school teacher. I had mm -hmm. been, I had worked with youth. I had sung, I had played music. I thought I knew a lot about God. And then in the last 10 years, I've had to go through some struggle, some, some wrestling to some degree with the Lord over some situations. And I'm, I'm trying to be very transparent here because I, I believe you're, you're going to a great place of encouragement. And that is this, yeah. is that the experiences of life, the struggles sometimes of life, give us the greatest wisdom of life. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we don't see it in that moment, but the wisdom that we're gaining, the experience that we're gaining is actually intentional encouragement because we can draw from that. And I want to step back for a minute. Something you said a minute ago is that you were pastoring in Memphis mm -hmm. 
after the the the, the events of April Fourth, nineteen sixty eight, which are which are iconic in American history. Sure. And and as we record this, um, today is April Fourth. That's right. And so now, fifty four years ago, <laughs> our yeah. world, our our country, was rocked by the events in Memphis, Tennessee. I don't know a place that wasn't affected by those events. Right. When you look back at pastoring in, in that place at that time, what do you think would be, if you could go back now, let me, let me go here. Let me pivot here. How would Robin Jennings in 2022, if you could drop into that church that you were pastoring at that time after those events, if you got to sit down and have a cup of coffee with Robin Jennings of the early 1970s, what would you share with him? Oh, Brian. <laughs> um, and there was so much I would share, but I would want to take it one bite at a time, one step at a time, because um, again, our faith, the spiritual life is um, so full, well, it's abundant and it's, it's loaded, um, with, uh, dynamics and dimensions and experiences, much like you're talking about. And so as you begin to weave these together, I can talk sure about bearing witness, but now when you start to unpack it, like you're saying, go back to those days, <laughs> There's a part of me that want would the first thing I'd want to say is grow up. <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Have you ever wanted to live a bucket list life? Or if you're a business owner, have you ever wanted to incentivize your team in unbelievable ways? I have got just the thing for you. You need to contact my friend Brad Norwood with Dream It Pro Professional Events. Brad's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast, and I can tell you he has helped numerous companies achieve unbelievable things through experience travel. Experiences are what people want. They want to know how they can live incredible bucket list lives as well, too. And Brad can help you with both of those things. I can't give you any better encouragement than to give Brad and his team a call right now at 479-466-6907 or go to www.dreamitpro.com. And when you get there, click on events and you are going to see some unbelievable once-in-a-lifetime experiences. And I promise you this, unlike plaques, awards, trophies, things like that, experiences, and trips like these don't burn up in a fire. Again, go to www.dreamitpro.com today. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. <laughs> I think we would all say that to each other <laughs> yeah, right. or uh, to, to, yeah. to our, our younger selves. But uh, it really, for me... Um, was, and it wasn't the blind leading the blind kind of thing as much as I did not know um, where I was going. But now you talk about Peter, post-resurrection, um, you know, uh, 
you will find someone will tie a belt around you and take you where you do not want to go, you know, was, was what Jesus said to Peter in, in the story of John, the Gospel of John. With, with that said, I, I really needed mentors. I really needed people to witness to me. I needed people who would direct me. I went through periods of spiritual guidance, um, all kinds of different, well, you know, conferences and consultations and, and listening to people that really um, provided me with the necessary, um, and it wasn't necessarily, I, I don't want to say faith, but it was, it was, again, the information that would help me build a foundation upon the rock that I yeah. could uh, provide, uh, again, a witness to others. So <laughs> there you go. You're taking me back to the cellar <laughs> almost of that foundation. And, and, and I need to turn the light on and, and find that kid that was there 50 years ago. But, um, I, it's a good question, but one that I think is loaded with, um, uh, uh, uh so many people and so many different mentors who fortunately came into my life guided me in a direction that provided me um, with a way that was uh, not only uh, attentive to God, but was able to recognize God's presence, mm -hmm. that it's for real, you know, yeah. and this reality then formed my understanding of what's realistic to share with other people. Well, and a lot, Robin, a lot of times when people think about Christians, they'll, you know, we, we, we want to focus on, I'm going to go here for just a quick second. We focus a lot on spiritual maturity. We say, okay, the longer you've been a Christian, you should be more spiritually mature. We don't often address, though, the component that goes hand in hand with it, and that is emotional maturity. Sure. You know, you can't be spiritually mature unless you get yourself emotionally mature as well. They just, it just doesn't work. And, and, and as you were talking, I wish I could go back to the younger man that I was years, years ago in my early twenties and say, you need to get mature. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to, to know how to serve the Lord it's one thing to know how to go through the motions. And, and I, you know, I, I, I as in, in my late twenties and early thirties, I was teaching Sunday school and I wish I could go back to those times and go, man, you're not really giving these kids meat that will help them. You, you need to be more mature. You need to be more honest and open with them in that same vein. I've got a couple more things I want to know. Sure hit on real quick and I and well, again you're, you're be respectful of your time. <laughs> yeah. Take me through a moment, whether whether professionally as a pastor or personally, a moment of a of, of an obstacle that you overcame and the lesson you learned from it. Because there are some people, Robin, that that will celebrate accomplishments, but they'll never reflect on those failures or obstacles and what they what they gain from it. I'd love it if you if you share if you would share with us maybe one of the biggest obstacles you overcame and and the intentional encouragement that you pulled from it. Sure. Um, again, the list <laughs> is long, and uh, to pick and choose from which one would be the uh, the greatest 
setback uh, or loss. And, and I think that's where my response is, is with grieving and with loss and with um, limitations that were so much a part of the ministry, as you well know, um, the involvement with funerals and with people that, um, in a sense, you thought were going to always be there. And then you get the phone call and they're gone. And I think that was uh, so difficult in many respects from the standpoint of, again, the way uh, I saw um, God at work, not just in the lives of the congregation and the people that were grieving, but with years truly who had to grow up in a sense in a way that that began to say, God is with us throughout life, which means life that's forever life. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's a never-ending life. And it's not just a make-believe kind of thing, but to, again, recognize um, the work that's being done now. And you talked about this earlier on in terms of, like, legacy and what people are going to think after you and all. What I've recognized, I think, by being exposed to hardship from others was the love of parishioners in the, the present moment that I was with them uh, to, again, um, celebrate that time together, uh, to love each other, not knowing where tomorrow, what tomorrow would bring, I guess is where I'm going with this. You know that with us, yeah, throughout, yeah, and that is so powerful, Robin, because you 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 don't really realize that there are there are great truths to be learned in those low moments of your life. There are so many great truths that we can that we can extrapolate you know i i didn't realize and when i lost my father back in 2012 yeah. very suddenly i had to stand in front of about 500 people yes and and talk about him i didn't realize it but everything that my dad poured into me for all those years for 40 years was preparing me for that moment and so, yeah, it's powerful what you learn. And I love what you said. And here's what I wrote down. Recognizing the love of the parishioners yeah. in the midst of those hard times. Because oh my goodness. We, we, we see, you know, people will celebrate births and they'll celebrate weddings. Weddings. Yes. Thank you. And, but... <laughs> you really get to see what how people respond in the midst of adversity and tragedy yeah. and things like that they taught me they taught me they taught me absolutely and, and, and what i'm saying yeah, I go guess, ahead. too uh, uh, brian is is just again i i was limited from the standpoint i was happy go lucky i was a good guy come on let's have fun and then all of a sudden bang 
you know, someone dies, uh, there's someone who's in a car accident, there's some kind of addiction, you know, you get into the problems of pastoral ministry that takes you deeper into the life, to the witness of life and to the realities of life, but also, so where's God in all this? You know, come on, pastor, speak up. And, you know, I'm just sitting there choking. And this was when you go back to 50 years ago, yeah. and I still am, I don't want to say I've got all the answers, but but there was this, again, uh, just real respect and appreciation f to go deep, to go into their suffering with them, which is, is in a sense, and I hope you hear this as encouraging, because you could just be discouraged, you know, not to play with right. words and just walk away and say, you know, get my assistant to do that or, you know, call the secretary or do, you know, I mean, get away from it and avoid it. But no, there they are right in front of you. And it's it's your call. It's... Well, no, I think you're plowing pretty deep because, again, okay. I don't know that people know. You don't have to be a minister or a pastor to be an intentional encourager in that moment. You you really you you just have to be human yes. in that moment and say, um, if you do know what somebody's going through. Or, or you, some semblance of it, because everyone processes those things differently. You can say, I've walked that road that you walked and, you know, things like that. You can, you can let your empathy show in that moment, but you really yeah. can intentionally encourage in that moment. And I love what you said there about just, just walking with people, because I, I was that way too, Robin. I, I, you know, it, it's funny. It, it, it was almost like in that moment you were just talking about a minute ago, you were describing how I was the first 39 years of my life, the first 40 years of my life. It, you know, I, I liked comedies. I wanted to laugh a lot. I didn't want to cry. Yeah. And it's amazing what, what a, a, a tragic event will do for you. I am more aware now of my emotions than I've ever been in the last 10 years. And, and I, and, and I'm, I'm grateful to the Lord for that because it, it helped develop me as a person and as yes. an encourager. Yes. And so on that, on that note, and, and this has been such good conversation. I want you to share with folks your biggest piece of intentional encouragement as a whole, because you mentioned it a few minutes ago, there's a lot of things going on in our world. Yeah. There's wars, rumors of wars, strife. You you talked about what you saw in your hometown of Louisville in the last couple of years. Share with these folks a word of intentional encouragement today. Well, okay. There's the word. And I'm going to hold to that only because, again, when we were talking just then about um, – suffering, grieving, and all the accompanies that, um, there is a sense that people question God. And if I don't have a, a, a quick answer or a flip response, except to say, oftentimes it's not God who's in question as it is we are in question. You know, our lives, where are we in this situation? And what can we learn about God from this and where God is? In other words, part of what I'm getting at, Brian, is I think People particularly think of clergy as somehow being protected by their faith. God will protect you. 
I just want to say it's almost not just the opposite, but I've been very vulnerable. I've been very hurt. I've experienced all kinds of hardship. I can go on and on with all of that, except where I'm going now is to say, like you, what I've learned through this is um, there's transformation in the midst of hardship. We do change. We come out of it a different person, maybe not 180, but we, we again, step by step, <laughs> And so back to encouragement, it's not about perfection. You've heard this a million times before. It's about progress. <laughs> and, and I think there, too, is something that uh, I, I resonate with from the standpoint of having this conversation with you today. Um, we are walking and talking and chewing gum. Sure, we're on a, a computer and talking, but, but we could be doing it now, <laughs> at least face to face. And with grace comes this sense of progress. I'm sorry, again, with, with grace comes progress, but also comes that encouragement that you were asking about. With grace, you, you know, you get the, the people who will give you a pat on the back and say, well done, thank you. That what you did, what you said, you're just being here was, was enough for me today. Thank you. You know, that, that kind of thing. I, it's not being codependent. I'm not just looking for, you know, the, that kind of, but with appreciation, you get encouragement. I'm also going to say, and, and I think I said this at the outset, uh, grace has to do with courage. Uh, that's encouragement. That's where you get <laughs> the word courage. You know, you, you find courage from grace and, and that encouragement. I Again, when I talk hardship, experienced a, a great deal where there but for the faith of God. <laughs> Go on. Again, the, the examples are just flooding me right now. But uh, I, I, too, appreciate the conversation and the, the, the uh, willingness to, to, to go deep, which is where I think the spiritual life is at this foundational level of who we are. Very much so. And, and, and again, you know, if, if we can't if we can't take time to go deep in life, we're always going to see things shallow and it's, yes. it's not, it's not a life worth living a lot of times if, if there's no depth to it and there's no, there's no, you know, you, you, when, when you anchor, if you've ever, if you've ever, and, and forgive me for going here for just a quick segment, but you, you've, you pulled something out of me. Whenever you're going to build a bridge, you don't go to where you first find a place to, to, to anchor where you first hit that, that I don't want to say land, but mm -hmm. where you first find some terra firma, so to sure. speak under the water, you go below where you first find it. And then you anchor into that. So you go well deep into the water and then that's where you anchor. And a lot of folks will say, well, why, why don't we just build a bridge on top of buoys? Because it would never, it would never last. You know, you, yeah, a buoy yeah. floats, it, it doesn't. Yeah. But we, we go deep to where something can be anchored. Yes. And I love what you said there. Robin, let folks know where they can find your book, how they can connect with you. Um, tell folks sure. how they can get more of Robin Jennings. Well, quickly three i've got three books that are out now and one is on peter which has to do with vision and the importance of vision in our life the, another book is on renewal and boy that's the name of the game you know do not be conformed to this world and that's that's a, a book on paul 
And then this recent one that I was talking about is on James and bearing witness to this next generation. And when we talk about superficial and issues that are on top, you think of all that they get with the internet nowadays, you know, they've got more information coming into them. But what we're trying to do is think about formation. It's, yeah. you know, and, and I'm not, again, just playing with words here, but this spiritual formation that you and I were talking about really does then provide them with a, a life uh, worth living. But where they can find all this information uh, or uh, this desire for spiritual formation is on www.robintjennings.com. That's my website. And for your listeners today, there's a landing page where it's uh, robintjennings.com and then slash guided reflection slash. And what I've got there is a, a journal uh, that they can download that provides them with a 40-day journal uh, to work through some of these issues of, of vision and renewal and witness. And also then um, what it means to be a mentor. And I, I highly course i can't help but recommend it but <laughs> i think it'd be a, a fun something to to look at if um, they're interested that's awesome that is so good go to robin t jennings r-o-b-i-n-t j-e-n-n-i-n-g-s robin t jennings.com and and go to that guided reflection slash it's robin t jennings slash guided reflection slash and you can get that free 40-day journal. That's awesome. Robin, thank you so much for being with me today. I have so enjoyed our conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Well, come back to Louisville, Brian, sometime, please. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> I right. need to get me a slice of Impelizari's pizza. There you go. All right. Good. Good talking to you. Thank you, Robin. Thank you. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.